This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. Welcome back, everyone, to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. My name is Trader Nick, and today I am joined by Senior Market Analyst at Oanda, Ed Moya. Hey, Ed, how are you? We got a two-man show today. Should be fun. Yes, I'm excited to be joined with you here. It's been a minute since we've been on the podcast together with my absence last week. But today we have uh, nothing short of uh, some exciting news out of the United States. Today we are taking a look at uh, inflation. And really the the story of this week has been inflation. CPI year over year came out at 3.2 compared to the 3.3 forecasts uh, with core remaining unchanged month over month at 0.2% and some unemployment numbers that came out. Uh, I guess there's a lot of inflation figures Figures that came out today, as well as uh, you know, we had China that we discussed on the previous podcast with Craig, and we're looking forward to again PPI tomorrow uh, to kind of follow this report. Where are you at with this, and kind of what's uh, what's grabbing your attention most out of this CPI report? It came in as expected for the most part. You know, some of the big trends we were expecting that annual decline of um, inflation readings was that streak of twelve or thirteen months was going to be snapped. We saw less than expected rise with headline inflation, but no one is really focused on the annual readings. It's all about monthly. And uh, that came in as expected, 0.2%, very, very mild gains. Um, and, and for the most part, the market reaction was, um, it embraced the report. It, it suggested that inflation is, is going to continue to come down. Those Fed rate hike odds also softened a little bit. Um, so I, I think heading into this report, everyone was expecting September to be a hold. This just cemented that. Um, the odds for November have gone down. Um, but I, I think, you know, there's there's a lot. I mean, in that 30-minute period where we, we got it, you know, we also got that Bank of America credit and debit card data report where it suggested that wow, we're seeing resilience from the consumer. Spending is going to be up. So I think we're going to see um, some signs that the July data is going to, um, as far as spending goes, remain fairly strong um, as, as a lot of people are um, still in vac- some, getting in their summer vacations. Uh, and today uh, is actually the first day of school for some parts of America. So I think you're, you're going to see that uh, a lot of people here are expecting more economic resilience. So is that resilience going to prove to be inflationary? Right now, the market's not saying it will. Um, So it seems like we're going to have this Goldilocks scenario where inflation is going to continue to cool. Consumer is going to be weaker, but not not so weak that we have, um, you know, a a recession that really, um, you know, you know, draws concerns for uh, earnings forecasts. Um, so, so you know, there's there's a lot of positive um, from this report, but um, I think a lot of it was already priced in. But we're, we're seeing, you know, stocks they liked it. Where minimal reactions in fixed income, you know, ten years anchored around four four percent. It's you know slightly below that right now. But um, I, I think you're you're you know as far as FX goes, people are thinking this could you know sig- signal a potential peak here for the dollar. Um, and, and I, I think overall, you know, the the super core reading, um, that one kind of, you know, for the Hawks, the people thinking still we could have more more tightening uh, down the road. Super core did rise from a flat reading to 0.19%. Are there catalysts here for, you know, more inflation down the road? Yes. I mean, gasoline prices, just look at that. 
Um, so, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but right now, um, it, it, it seems Jackson Hole should be a non-event. Um, I think the Fed will have a nice time there. Uh, they won't have to be making any strong positions. I think they're just watching the data, and the data is is behaving nicely right now. Um, you know, in addition to that CPI report, we also had jobless claims that rose um, a little bit more than expected, but you know, still, you know, supporting that narrative, the labor market is softening. But you know, we're, we're not seeing a major slowdown. Uh, in, in jobs, but I, I think it, it does support the disinflation narrative. So definitely um, the main event of the week. And I think, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing stocks um, embrace it. You mentioned the word disinflation there, and it brought to mind something that Craig and I talked about in the previous podcast that I really wanted to ask you quickly about before we go into our next topic, which was we talked about Chinese uh, inflation data kind of coming down recently. We just saw, of course, U.S. inflation showing, again, kind of on course, still as is. You know, uh, you mentioned the Fed remaining data dependent. Uh, Craig made a good point to me yesterday uh, that I wanted to ask you about as well, which was Chinese lower than expected inflation numbers. He was suggesting that there's that possibility that that could, uh, that disinflation could be, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes for podcast listeners, uh, exported to other parts of the world. Um, and, you know, now with, with some inflation numbers coming in cooler, I wonder what your thought, you know, a Chinese slowdown, does that have any significant impact on us over here uh, in terms of uh, the inflation story as we continue to watch that out? You, you did mention also, of course, you know, uh, the November expectations for rate hikes went down slightly, same with, um, you know, the next meeting around. So what do you think about that? Do you think that is meaningful at all or, or is it kind of a, you know, not too impactful? I've uh, been in the camp that we're, we're going to be getting more stimulus from out of China. And, and I think that, you know, deflation is a scary word. Uh, deflation is going to prompt further action by uh, their authorities. And um, do I, do I anticipate that this is a turning point where, um, you know, the other advanced or the advanced economies will benefit from um, weaker price growth from China? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think uh, in, in this current environment, um, you're going to see that uh, uh, China is going to be providing a lot more stimulus. Right now, they're 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 trying they're struggling with their property market concerns, Country Garden. Um, it seems like um, this this is the biggest red flag for them. But I, I think overall, um, you're 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 still going to see um, if we have a Chinese Chinese slowdown, and then if the eurozone. All of a sudden, um, that outlook becomes gloomier. Um, then, then yes, um, <clears throat> that will definitely um, provide um, some support for disinflation to to really um, pick up. But, but I think overall, this 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 is one report. Um, it was somewhat expected, uh, but but I think um, it, it's it's not a game changer for the global economic outlook. Normally, you know, second largest economy and the, you, you could make that case, but when you when you take a look at how the market reacted, um, it doesn't seem that um, they're they're expecting it to to to, to really um, I think help help with our inflation numbers long term. So we'll we'll see what happens. And you know, China is a key part of the the, the world and the, the, the global growth story. But um, for for now, I, I anticipate that um, you're going to start to see better data out of them. Um, as they increase their efforts and as they finally tame the property market concerns. Now, if they don't, um, then, wow, then things can get uglier very quickly. So, well, it's TBD, I guess. 
Sure. And uh, just before the podcast, you alerted that you wanted to talk a little bit about Disney here today, which, of course, uh, all stocks moving quite aggressively uh, today on the inflation news. We saw, as you mentioned, some of the indices rising, uh, you know, before the the New York Open got started here on the inflation numbers. But Disney, uh, a stock that doesn't move a whole lot, a a relatively kind of, you know, slow growth, long term kind of popular stock. Disney up uh, 2.23%. And there was something that you wanted to talk about. So what's what's the story on Disney? Well, I, I, I think when you when you get to the tail end of earnings, um, it's interesting to see how companies um, go about their strategies. They have the they have they're they're able to benefit from seeing what other companies have done. Um, and with Disney, uh, I think one of the things that stood out for me is they're raising the prices of their streaming services about 27% for the advertising free version. Um, inflationary. <laughs> I, I think. I think that uh, um, you'll, you'll probably see that um, this is this is a market right now. That um, when you take a look at how the stock reacted, um, you know, Disney profit tops views were pretty good. And I think one of the things that you know they announced their slashing costs. Uh, they had a lot of streaming losses. Subscriber growth wasn't there. Um, I think what we're going to see be the dominant theme throughout the rest of the year, though, is, you know, companies are are going to be cutting costs. Layoffs have been starting to, um, I think, become a growing theme um, across a wide range of sectors. And uh, I think that this is a a market that um, you're you're, you're probably going to be looking at, um, I think, um, more more expectations that um, investors are, are going to be gravitating to all the, the, the stocks that um, you know have long-term growth potential but that they're you know cutting their costs so I think that um, you know earnings are going to be tricky I think in 2024 and uh, um, I think you know Disney you know they, they they've even you know had to make a big concession I, I think for them they, they never really were positioning themselves as a company to get into gambling, sports betting, um, and, and they've done that this week. So I think there's there's a I think what you're you're going to see traders are are they're going to be a little bit more selective. It's not I think the the days of just buying you know the mega cap tech stocks are are long gone. I think people are going to be focused on finding um, you know several you know companies in several sectors now. It's not just going to be focused on. Uh, you know, communications and tech stocks. I think there's, there's, there's going to be, um, um, I think more, more interest um, in, in broadening your, 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 you know, what sectors you hold. And uh, um, this is this this earnings report. Um, you know, I think it is highlighting. I think some um, optimism that the consumer can handle such, you know, significant cost increases, even though there's a wide range of competition. Um, and, uh, no, it'll be interesting to see how Disney performs, um, going forward. But, um, definitely for me, it was one of the, those earnings reports that stood out this week. Yeah, no, and, uh, and just turning, I guess, from all of the, you, you made mention to, to kind of, uh, some interesting stuff there with the, the, 
the online sports gambling stuff with ESPN and uh, even Dave Portnoy, for people who know that is, there's a whole sorts of stories in that area that we could dive deeper into. But I also want to kind of loop back a little bit for a second to that concept about uh, China and its relationship to what we're seeing happening right now in the oil market. Oil has been trading uh, you know, up for the last few weeks, and, and we've seen kind of a, a, a real strong move in the last few days. Uh, of course, this is kind of an interesting story to look at the oil market. Uh, on the podcast, I've, I've voiced that it's not necessarily like my area of expertise, but at least what seems to be pretty obvious to me is that you have kind of two factors at play here right now. You have uh, supply cuts being talked about from Saudi Arabia and Russia, which of course, if you know anything about the oil world, you know they kind of can control heavily the amount of exports that go into the to the world economy. But on top of that, we also saw slowing numbers out of China that we talked about earlier in the podcast episode today. So between the OPEC supply stuff, as well as the slowdown in Chinese inflation data, where are we left with oil? What do you think, Ed? It, it seems energy traders are pretty confident this, this market will remain tight. Um, I, I think for the most part, uh, the, the Chinese data was disappointing and it did um, draw some concerns. But then, you know, quickly after that, we had the uh, Russian-Ukraine conflict where um, it seems that, you know, Russian flows could be at risk. And um, for, the, for the most part, um, you're, you're also, you know, seeing, um, you know, a peak in the dollar possibly in play, providing some support. Um I think one of the the biggest drivers, though, um, for me is, you know, this oil market is is going to be in a deficit, and it's going to be a big one uh, this quarter, and that's why prices are so supported. Um, uh, today's OPEC monthly report, you know, suggests that they're expecting a, a two million barrel uh, deficit uh, this quarter. Um, you know, it, it shows you that the price, um, I think, the um, production cuts are working. Russia's, you know commitment to curb exports um, is being believed by the market. And even as U.S. production continues to rise, um, it, it seems that um, the export data, the rebound in gasoline demand, um, there's there's a lot of optimism here that, um, you, know, the, you know, the demand situation is, is still somewhat healthy. And you're, 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 you're seeing some surges um, with natural gas prices, which um, um, ultimately uh, in the wintertime could feed into um, some extra, you know, demand for crude. Um, I think the SPR is steadily being um, refilled. It's supposed to, you know, get another 2 million barrels. So, I mean, there, there, there's so many catalysts here. Most of them are bullish. And, uh, you know, obviously when you rise, or this last rally was because of those um, supply risks from the Russia-Ukraine uh, war, and I, I think there's, you know, unless we really see a disruption, um, you know, you know, some of this rally might 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 stall. But um, I think in the end, uh, oil oil market's going to remain tight, and uh, that that should, you know, I think uh, that's why you know energy stocks have been um, a, a favorite one for many over the past month, and um, I, I, I think you know the, the, as soft landing hopes remain. Um, you know, that's good for crude demand. So um, we're, we're not going to be returning to normal, uh, you know, like gasoline travel throughout the work year. But um, I think there's optimism here that uh, airfare travel is, is going to steadily improve. And even though 
peak vacationing is, is going to be over and some of that pent up demand is exhausted. Um, I think going, you're probably going to see there's a lot more optimism here, um, for the demand outlook for the next couple of years. And that's very positive. Um, China's reopening their borders. U.S. can travel there. Um, so I mean, you, I think, you know, you're, you're going to see a, a big pickup with international travel over the, these next, you know, few months. And, um, overall, you know, oil has been one of my favorite trades. I think, uh, the, the supply and demand drivers are still um, bullish and, um, you know, we've exhaust, we've hit some key levels, so maybe a pullback, but I think energy traders will be eyeing to buy those dips. Well, thank you for the clarification on the oil market. Like I said, not my area of expertise, but that's the cool thing about this podcast. We're bringing together a couple different commentators, analysts on the topics that we bring in front of us in terms of market news and coverage. And of course, uh, we did this podcast episode today, uh, one day early than where we are usually scheduled. That is, of course, to give you guys some some kind of feedback on what happened with CPI. Tomorrow we do have PPI, so be on the lookout to that. We will probably make commentary on that next week as we will not be doing an episode tomorrow. Uh, Ed, thank you very much for your commentary, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you, and have a great weekend. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. 